0: Last time on, wait a second, it's a whole different thing. I'm joined today only by the sweetest of boys, Dwayne, the Turtlest of Doves, Peden. Say hello, Dwayne. It feels
1: good to be just one person, the primary object of your affection.
0: Yeah, it's all about you tonight, baby. It's, It's all of my love and affection. And Mischief are just channeled directly onto you.
1: Oh, well, I was good until you said that second thing. That kind of... <laughs> well... Affection? Okay. No, Well, no, that was, the, that was former. <laughs> it's the latter that
0: was scary. You said something oh, about Mischief. I don't know about that. So, okay. uh, <laughs> we're going to learn today a little bit about Garrett. We're going to have our Garrett one-on-one shot. So, we are just going to delve into the life of Garrett, are you ready? I am more than excited about it. Mm. Delicious. So Garrett um, has is, is one of our landlocked boys. Um, he has spent his whole life in Tangia. Mm-hmm. And he comes from a small village in Tangia uh, where he grew up with his his parents. And uh, we didn't talk you have brothers sisters? Uh, no, only child. Only child, just, just like now. Cent- center focus of attention and affection. Mm-hmm. Uh and <laughs> when you came of age, you did what all great Intrepid Heroes did, and you moved away from the nest, and you found yourself in the smaller city of Hylas. That's true. And in Hylas, you you worked as a um, a Tom Cruise and cocktail situation is that is that fair to say? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, very much like uh, bartender I uh, Had a an older guy with me who was a bartender, and we would just meet chicks, and then we went to the beach, and no, uh, but yeah, he does. He he goes becomes a, a bartender and uses that as like an easy way, especially as a younger man, to like make money in a short amount of time.
0: And you were famous, uh, Garrett. I'm talking directly to Garrett now, not Dwayne Dwayne can leave. Okay, um, all right. Talking Talk directly to about. Garrett now. You, this is like an interview now. So I was, I was. Uh, you, you came up with a few. You were like a mixologist. You like you came up with some some specialty cocktails that really you know drove customers. Um, what were some of those again?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, everybody's always going to the bar for for. The fireball shot, you know, not not him yeah. though. He he put a twist on it. He, he made the frozen fireball, which is basically no. the same type of mix, but like he uses a little bit of his magical prowess to like chill that stuff out um, and make it like an icy version and changing that so- <laughs> cinnamon taste to like a cool mint when they take that shot. Um, so
0: that so was I- big. Go ahead, if I may. Um- just a little uh nerd lore uh they created cone of cold to, to counteract fireball because fireball is such a popular spell um gary gaga's son actually created it it's not important but if if this is the the wintry blast uh i think it should be the cone of cold and i think that you should have to take it from a funnel
1: <laughs> the uh, cone I, I, of yes. cold. yeah bring it on i like it the cone of cold <laughs> and you literally are just making uh drinks of your spell names um, yeah. So yeah, let's do that then. Uh, Kona cold. Okay. Um, he would a hundred other spells. Other spells. No, no, no. Hundred percent. He would have a drink called Friends, which is just like four <laughs> ridiculously strong liquors mixed together. Right. You get. Um, You're gonna be friends after this. Yep. You better be. Uh, and then, uh, of course, he would have um, a charm person. Which is essentially um you ever had an alcoholic drink that's like you drink it and then like, you didn't realize it was two hundred proof. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. that, that like sleeper cell uh it's, deceptively straight
0: somebody makes it for you at a house party in a container of Hawaiian punch and you just
1: <laughs> Yeah, the next you have one, the next thing you know, you're just the world spinning. It like that type of uh that type of heat to it.
0: I think I uh, think there's uh, there's synaptic static because it just makes your brain all fuzzy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then uh, uh, Told the Dead, a similar thing. Okay. Just <laughs> ridiculous. This one will g- like I think that one's different though because I think it's like it's a strong alcoholic drink, but it's full of like stimulants, and it's like oh, no, I don't even wake the dead if you drink this, bitch.
0: No, that's spare the dying. Spare the dying is is, is, oh, is no, the Spare the Dying has got to be something to put you in a coma, no, right? Spare the dying wakes you, it wakes you up. So like you you uh, you're like it's it's for when you're dead drunk and it's just like, guarana root extract. It's just like <laughs> just I'm back <laughs> round two. It's, it's like the
1: smelling salts of drinks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, and and because of your. Uh, of your prowess with, with concocting these beverages, um, you actually garnered the attention of, um, of a local brewery for like, they, they, they needed folks on their team to create new and interesting taste profiles. Yeah. And, uh, it was through this work that eventually, uh, you found yourself in the big city or as they call it, the big tangerine. Oh yeah. Okay. Just Tan- gonna write that down. Yeah, do it. Tangerine. <laughs> oh well, I'm gonna bring it up in the show. <laughs> it's, it's fucking bacon bits. Um, that's that's for later. That's for the future spoiler. Um, uh, so you find yourself in the big tangerine, um, try just, you know, getting some some artisan goods uh, to bring back. Um, and and that's when that's when you see her. Mm. Yeah, man, and it's it, nothing like it. Your your whole life changes, and time stops. You see, she looks young to you—a a, a drow, this dark elf. Her eyes colored like ocean silver. Her skin dark blue in the sunlight, but in the darkness, takes on an obsidian hue. Her hair is a shoulder-length bob. Uh, pulled back in the braids with a metallic hairpin, uh, with onyx gems mounted on it. Uh, she has these thin, glowing, uh, almost sheer uh, skirts that pass her knees, um, and 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 these these kind of cute frilly tops uh, with with no sleeves. And as she passes by, your your breath leaves you. Yeah, literally stunned. For, for one round and all yeah, attacks just, handsome, for six know. seconds for <laughs> one action round I am stunned for, and then six seconds later when you recover um, you see her just, just walking the streets
1: yeah and I just like uh, you know Garrett um, just has to approach her like he's got like the arrogance of youth not in, like a brash way it's just like this can't go bad. And if it does, like... Okay, I would never, like... What if I would have talked to her, right? So he, he right. just has to approach her.
0: No regrets.
1: Yeah. And you say? Uh, and so, uh... Garrett, who, like, at the time would, like... Have, like, bags on him. Like, like travel bags from where he's, like, been picking up these supplies. And I think, um... So, no regrets, uh, arrogance, and confidence galore. In no way skillful with, like, <laughs> women. <laughs> like, he's charismatic. He's a good negotiator in general. He's just not great with, like, women in a romantic manner. And it's so like think, Forrest Gump. Like, have you ever been with a woman, force? I sit next to him in class I, all the time. Yep, yeah, They always ask me to be friends. Um... <laughs> So so I think uh he would literally just like catch up to her and like you know how like you can walk side by side and not be super weird in a public place. Um and no. I think he would Okay, well, normal people can do that, I think. <laughs> okay. Um and I think he just turns to her and um oh, I gotta get I guess it would be a little bit lighter that and he would say yeah, um, he has that the years haven't weighed on him. Yeah, he would say, um
0: uh, hello it's a little youthful but we'll take it yeah well he's youthful uh she she looks to him um and kind of raises an eyebrow brushing a a strand of of loose hair from her forehead behind her ear um hello
1: i've never seen anything so beautiful in my entire life and it's not a line at all i promise uh Just thought I should say something
0: Well now you have and she kinda gives you like a small smile But my name's Garrett Shalindra uh, It Um do you wanna do you want do you want get a
1: drink or like a meal? T- together, <laughs> like both of us.
0: Well, I haven't eaten yet. Why not? Really? I, I mean, awesome. And so then we fast forward. <laughs> and, and so uh, you, you enjoy a lovely meal together and... It is... It's dizzying. It is... You you spent your whole life working with spirits and drinks, and you've never felt as joyfully, blissfully drunk as you were when you heard the sound of her voice and her laugh. And you are just fascinated by her, and she is amused (laughs) I think is the best way to put it um and it's you through the the process of conversation you find out that she's quite a deal older than you (laughs) she's uh she's she's over a (laughs) hundred um and it's, it's almost like when she's with you she can see things like you do and things are new and they're bright and they're shining. And she, she falls in love with you.
1: And, and Garrett obviously is smitten with her.
0: And of, of course uh, this business trip was scheduled to take three days. Um, so uh, about the second week <laughs> that you spent <laughs> uh, <laughs> in Tangia with her, um, you ask her to come home with you and she agrees.
1: And like Garrett, has, that's like that. To up to that point, is is the happiest day of his life. To like that she would agree to like come with him and spend more time with him.
0: I and, and I think that your living situation at this point is like you still rent the room. Oh above he, yeah, hundred percent.
1: He like rents a room above <laughs> the tavern in town. Like you got like there's a main tavern, and that's like what he sleeps on above. the door uh well no i don't know if it'll be that but it would be like it was like you go into his room that he's rented for a while and it's like a bed it's like no you could get some like more furniture it's like no that's okay i've got a bed <laughs> yeah what i mean. yeah i've got the thing i need i've got a bed and then he hangs his clothes up in like the one small that
0: they give him and it's not long Uh, months days turn to weeks weeks turn into months months turn into uh, years as they often do um, until you get married Hmm. you get married and well it's it's a good thing you've got that bed you're gonna need it (laughs) concerning (laughs) for fucking dwayne for sex
1: Oh, well, that's better. I appreciate this. <laughs> classification. I, I, thought,
0: I thought everything else was a mimic. I thought I needed a long rest because all the damage I took.
1: <laughs> well, I was just you you never know. You never know what's gonna happen in Shane's campaign. Yep. Uh,
0: you have sex, roll <laughs> roll concept. <Boom>. Um, so <laughs> so, <laughs> so as we all know as adults, because we're all adults listening, because there's there's a mature An explicit label. On attack. This. <laughs> It's an explicit tag, so we're all adults. We know that sometimes when a man lays with an elf, uh, drow specifically, some unplanned circumstances can happen. Um, Namely, children.
1: Most excitedly, (laughs) children. What'd I say? Uh, you said just like unplanned things can happen. I just said most excitedly, right? Because there aren't other good unplanned things <laughs> that happen. That's
0: true. <laughs> well, it's like uh, Doctor got well, rash. I can't tell you the story here on the podcast, but some surprises have occurred. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you um, you find that Chilendra is with child.
1: that's but like for Garrett that's like the best thing he could have heard Um, but also like very worrying because he already knows that uh, Shalindra's like family doesn't like him or approve of him and so like when she tells him he's like over the moon excited and like it's that night that like he's like doesn't sleep well worrying about like how her family is going to respond to the news
0: yeah, you, you remember when you guys got married, it was like a small ceremony with the local priest. Um, your family came uh, up f- up from your village, um, mm-hmm. but hers was not in attendance. Yeah. And um, it's, it's not long after you find out that she's with child that um, she also, through correspondence, finds that she's been uh, disowned. Yeah, after
1: giving after like letting her family know of like the, like the exciting news, right? Because like she was yeah. she like sees the best in people, and so like despite her family disowning, she would still be like, "Oh no, guess what? Like this this amazing news," and then like for that to be the response, it's like a very formal letter of uh, disownment.
0: Yeah, like very much like she comes from a certain pedigree, and it's it is very much like a you are no longer please please do not let anybody know that you are please don't use your
1: maiden name anymore yeah please don't do that
0: (laughs) yeah um and so it is a interesting time because garrett as as a younger man trying to make ends meet um shalandra she she ends up um she she has like a she sells flowers and other uh, herbs that she she gathers uh, from the surrounding woodland and a stall so she's working as as long as she can and I think that I think that for everything that you worry about kind of her age and temperament she's able to calm you and like, kind of bring you back until your child is born you have a daughter ah
1: there's there's no um there's no feel there's no words to describe what it's like to see uh what it's like for Garrett to see his daughter come into this world it's a mix of excitement and joy and it's this uh, unconditional love and binding just to, to another like life form that he would have never expected and as much as he loves his wife, Shalindra, he would have like, it doesn't feel like this. It's almost like this pull somewhere deep within him that he can't like explain that he knows like that's his daughter and he will forever love her and protect her no matter what. Like it's very intense feeling.
0: Yeah. And, um, very much a relief, uh, to Garrett is that, uh, your daughter does take after her mother. Uh, so she's, beautiful and perfect Um, this half drow with with more elven features um and uh you name her uh justira justira and then things are peaceful they're nice and they're calm and they're happy and you're able to provide a life for your wife and your child and the the tavern doesn't cut it anymore um so <laughs> the time comes for you to <laughs> to get some more space some more privacy uh as you guys begin the process of setting up your home um in the, in the surrounding wood um and you kind of you you forge out your own cottage your own place your own spot to belong yeah And the years come, blissfully, 24 of them.
1: The best years, (laughs) the best years. Like, looking back, he just could not, like, one thing he, like, constantly tells his wife is, like, how he could have ever gotten so lucky. And, I mean, to, to this day, to every day, he's always felt that way looking back on his life, like to have a daughter and to have such a wonderful wife. And even though like by any other person's like measurement, like it's a simple life, like he has never been happier and could not have like, like won any type of like lottery
0: to get such a blessed life. And just as you came of age and you had to leave, um, as your daughter gets older, know she she starts to venture out. Not she's not leaving home forever, but she spends more time in Tangia, and she's you know she's always inventing an excuse to go into the the big to the big tangerine. The big tangerine. Yeah. <laughs> she's all you know those kids, um, and she starts to um, discover men, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now now the gravel comes. Now the years of it. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you find her and you, uh, she tells you that she's been propositioned for marriage. Mm hmm. It's a newly, um, Newly commissioned, uh, officer, uh, in the, uh, Alliance Navy, uh, Lieutenant mm. Baz Tall. Okay. Um, well-to-do half-elf man. Um, and she's, she makes him really happy, or he makes her really happy. Thinking of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same. Um... Yeah, I mean I think
1: yeah, Garrett uh very protective of his daughter uh and I think like by default he's got that very like standard protective dad like mm, I don't know about all this, but it's like uh, just here like talking about him and how happy sh- uh, he makes her and like how nice he is to her, like that's why like what sells him on it. Um even though like the idea of like giving his daughter away is like
0: terrifying. <laughs> Um, with your blessing in hand, uh, the announcement is made that there is to be the, this marriage, which is ha- happens in these smaller communities um, just so that everybody knows and people can send their congratulations. Um, but then something strange happens. You receive a letter. You receive a letter um, and it is marked with the the seal of Quigalor, which is your your wife's um, family. And mm-hmm. they're they've had no part of your daughter's life. They've had they've completely cut your wife off and 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 cut her from the family. But now they are offering uh, up their beautiful island villa in the Shattered Heart to, to host and to have this, this wedding.
1: Which, like, Garrett and Shalindra are just, like, not for. They're not here for that when that invite comes in. Um, and it's not until Justira like, kind of, like, talks to them and, and it's like, look, that's my family, too. Um, and I deserve to be able to meet them, and they clearly cool. want to meet me.
0: Yeah, and I think passions are high and you know you, you, you've seen what this family has done to your wife and you've seen um, you, you're so protective of your daughter that you're kind of staunchly against this and, and she in a moment of passion even says to you um, I've got a long long life ahead of me and when you're gone they're going to be the only family i have left i want to meet them
1: and it's it's in that moment when she does that that he just kind of i think in that moment he like just like resigns like he it's he doesn't agree right then like he just accepts the the reality the harshness and then it's the next day that he like like that night, he talks to his wife, um, unified front and all, um, and then they together want to support their daughter, even if it means um, like going home for her, uh, despite how like awful that seems. Yeah.
0: Weeks pass. As the preparations are made, um, and you you book your family charter um, on a ship leaving from Tangia, uh, bound for the uh, Shattered Heart.
1: Yeah, so I think we're we go to Tangia proper, or um, as the younger kids start calling it, is the big Tang. You know, like they shorten Ooh, everything. Is um, the Tang Had of to tang. tang this weekend? Yep yeah heading up to the tank you know um and so i think they're walking through the the bazaar and the markets and and garrett who has has uh not been to the city in a few years at least like he's he's at a point where his life like he would send runners or messengers or like other people to go fetch it and i think he uh just like like it's busy. It's a busy city, right? And he says to his daughter, "I, I don't really see the uh, the appeal here, Justira. What did you like about this town again?"
0: It's it's the city. It's there's everything you could want. There's so many people, ships coming in and out from everywhere with stories and <laughs> treasures, and it is it's it's everything. Doesn't it feel like a bit
1: much, though? There's there's no peace, no quiet. It's
0: busy, busy. It just seems like a lot. <sighs> I can have peace when I'm your age, Dan. Okay, that's <clears throat> we'll just look past that. I'm not
1: that old. Um, and he like kind of like runs his hands through his hair. <laughs> he's like trying to like tuck back because like right at this point he's like. Mostly gray, but like he's still got like um, he's still got a little color. Um, <laughs> he's like, uh, OK, hurtful.
0: But I guess I get that live while you're young. And then you hear a voice from above the crowd, a bolstering shout. Life with the Alliance is captivity. Uh,
1: And he kind of like immediately um, Instinctively like Ma or I guess dad hands Dad hands his daughter And um, his wife And just kind of like Shields them and takes a step back From the noise Which I assume is like forward from them Even if it's in the distance Like he would kind of know the direction Um, And he just kind of instinctively Like stops their movement Until he can figure out what's going on
0: there's a flash of light and a deafening as an explosion racks the bazaar. Things go dark. And when Garrett opens his eyes there's smoke and breathe. <coughs> and he sees still in his arms the unmoving bodies of his wife and his daughter. <clears throat> Shalandra, wake up.
1: No, justira, get, get up. <coughs> We've
0: got to go. <coughs> C- wake up. I feel like you um, are, are trying to pull at them and get them on their feet and they are unresponsive.
1: And he like uh, he, like Because they're kind of limp um, He just kind of assumes They're like knocked out And he like gets down And like he, He's not like a big medical boy um, But he knows enough to like Like put his hand on her chest And like feel for a heartbeat And he's like not getting that And like he puts He puts his like ear to Her like mouth And there's like no Wind or breath coming out And he just starts shaking her Sandra like, oh, wake up Wake up, wake up! And like he frantically switches between Selandra and Justira. <sighs> honey, wake up! Wait, no, and then it's not not until like the hysteria uh, like really peaks that he can like then see like the wounds, the the shrapnel of like the nearby like uh, buildings and stands and stuff like has like pierced their bodies and like there's blood everywhere. Like, but he just was so focused on like their faces and whether they were breathing he didn't necessarily see like the wounds that had been impacted and i think and i don't think it's something he would realize until years later or maybe weeks later more realistically that like had it not been for him like pulling them in to protect them like it would have been him who got hit with all that shrapnel but instead like they ended up shielding him And so, like he, he's like trying to wake them up, and he's calling out, "Help! Someone! Help! Help!" And and there's bodies, there's people running everywhere, and there's like, and he,
0: he's shouting. I think that there's the a, a group of a small uh, two three soldiers uh, are running by, and they kind of unfortunately like shoulder check you um, as they're running <coughs> and, and kind of <laughs> knock you to the ground. Ugh. Take up arms or stand down. Stand Ugh. down. Uh, no they need they need help <laughs> and someone they just keep moving
1: and and i think he just kind of like he i think he calls out for a while until it's like and he's yelling until his it's like voice is hoarse and i think he just in the middle of all this nonsense um at least for a few moments like like stands or not stands but like kneels over the two of them um, and it's not until like the fighting gets worse that he starts to like worry about his safety and like their safety like their body's safety and he drags them like into like an alleyway or something to like preserve their bodies um, and like for both of like <sighs> He doesn't accept that they're dead, but, like, he knows they're dead. And, like, he takes, um... He takes their rings off their hands. Um, which, like... He gave his wife a ring, obviously, when they got married. And then the day his uh, daughter became, like, an adult... Uh, they gave her, like, an ivory ring. And it's, like, got a rosy pink stain. Um... Where, but like both of their wedding rings are uh, ivory, Um, and he just like takes those and puts them in his pocket, Um, and I think he just like he hides out for the battle in that alleyway with uh, with his now deceased wife and daughter.
0: No help comes. Um, There's conflict. There's strife, and eventually have to move forward
1: and and he does I think I think as like things are calming down he stands up and he eventually tries to get some help um to at least like take their bodies home um which then like becomes his main objective is like to take them home and bury them in their home of um, of hylas
0: and, you and i think that you're there for for some time until the memories and life just become too much and so mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I think he spends time in in their home uh, a- alone, and when he finally makes that decision, he makes a decision based around you know his training when he was young, when he learned to be a wizard, um, and uh, something he walked away from for a more exciting life to him, like a more social life than a adventurous one, and. He, in that moment, over his daughter and his wife's bodies, no one could help. and he never wanted to have someone else experience that. And so he decides to go and pursue his magical um, abilities and training and find a way to um, like help people or heal people. Uh, and I think with just with his talents like alchemy comes naturally.
0: Yeah, and I think that as you travel and ply your trade, and um, you know you're gathering ingredients, you're learning about alchemy, you're you're practicing it, you're helping those who have no help when you can, um, and you kind of get a name in certain circles, and you're actually extended an an invitation to join a. Um, a small group of alchemists who are dedicated to um, discovery, dedicated to furthering their craft, um, the, the Mortar's mortar's pestle, um, and they they welcome you and initiate you, and, and basically they give you a small glass vial of which you have of a clear liquid that um, shifts from a clear uh liquid to a a, a dark hued one um as a symbol uh, as a sign as a signal to to gather because a discovery has been made and they instruct you on how to use it and obviously if you come across a discovery um to be able to to signal them and share this knowledge and this experience yeah I agreed and, um, as, as some time passes and, and you continue to ply your trade, um, maybe a year or so, uh, from when you become initiated, it happens for the first time. And so I think it catches him
1: off guard the first time. Like it's a file that he always like keeps like in vision, like when he's like unloading things. And I think the first time he like unloads it and it's like the it's different color he, like, looks at him, like, shakes it, like, oh, yeah, it's broken. It's, uh, and then, like, you realize, right like, oh, shit, like, no, 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 this is the right pile. Fuck. There's something it's going on. Yeah, it's time.
0: And uh, you're, you're called to this conference, um, and it's, it's a... Um, A young uh, gnome alchemist who um, has been gaining a reputation for some unorthodox uh, experiments. Um, He has found a way to alchemically dispel the blood of vampires to create his his elixir of unlife, as he's taken to calling it, uh, it can be uh, used on a person who's who's died. Um, it won't turn them into a full vampire. Uh, it puts them into a... Like a stage. Uh, to uh,
1: Like right before you transform.
0: Not even that. It's like a half-life. It's like they are moving. They are breathing. They don't need to eat, but they can. And they... Don't truly really show like personality, um, but it is it is cutting edge in terms of like alchemical resurrection. Um, it's 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 not true resurrection like with with you know a divine spell, but right. it is it is the the first time somebody's been able to put something in a bottle that has moved somebody from no joke dead and gone to a state of some semblance of living.
1: Yeah. Super impressive. Super interesting to Garrett.
0: And it's actually interesting to somebody else as well. Um, he kinda <laughs> catches you um being maybe a little bit more attentive than some of the other folks. Some some folks are, are in uproar. Some folks, I mean, this is very yeah. controversial stuff. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um but a um there's a half orc um in schist ridiculous garb it's made of like hemp and um and like small bits of hide that look like they come from different places and like bones are are interwoven through the fabric um and he he sees you kind of eyeing this demonstration a little bit more intently a little little bit more hunger in your eyes and he says um interesting stuff huh Oh, um,
1: yes, very interesting indeed.
0: We're gonna have a gruff off. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. <laughs> I can be more gruff than you can. But I'm the uh, Wayne, but gruff. <laughs> um, you're not uh, disgusted. I like all the others. No,
1: no, it's it's alchemy. It's little weird, but if other, albeit divine, magicians,
0: clerics can resurrect people, why shouldn't we? Some would say it's no longer alchemy, but necromancy. Uh,
1: I think they might be different. Uh, uh, necromancy is most considered dark. Uh, this this seems different. This seems like a fair bit of
0: neutral alchemy. He kind of laughs and just goes, hmm. neutral alchemy. <laughs> My name's Rol. roll Skullsmith. Necromancer. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Uh,
1: he like shakes his hand. It's like, Garrett's not like, not a, like a, he's not against any schools of magic and he's not against any races, so he just, like, shakes his hand, like, just pretty normally and maybe, like, too excitedly to, like, talk to another alchemist, like, about this, because he's super so And he says, uh, oh, the name's Garrett
0: Stodnack. Nice to meet you. Mm, likewise. I could go for a drink. How about you? ah. Well,
1: it looks like he's done speaking now. So, yeah, that would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, maybe someplace quiet we can discuss this further. Uh, sure. I'm sure we can get some interesting drinks. And so he he kind of pulls you aside, and he he gives you like his spiel. He gives you like his philosophy as a necromancer which is something you haven't been exposed to before um particularly when you can you, you you came up under the toolage of, of more of a hedge wizard um mm-hmm. and then worked with alchemy um so so this is kind of new stuff for you but he tells you about how in his culture and where he's from it's not a taboo and it wasn't until he came to kind of more civilized islands that he realized that that people have, like, a, a stickler about this kind of thing. He goes, uh, uh, I I never understood how something that can buy time for someone, something that can take someone who is just past beyond death's door, give them time, could ever be wrong. Uh,
1: well... That's... No, uh, sorry. That's not what I know necromancy to be. Uh, I was always taught, and from what I read, they are summoning the dead back from the other side and and corrupting things. I, I never saw it as a stopgap.
0: <laughs> and if somebody told you that alchemy was only good for healing potions or poisons, what would you say? I would say they... N- They only know the tip of the glacier when it comes to the knowledge that goes
1: into our craft. I could say the same thing about necromancy. Uh, And and when he says that, it's like there's like a light that clicks on because like he did like learn from a hedge wizard who like was very old school in his teaching. Like so, he like taught about all the different schools and what they're commonly referred to and how they're regarded. And like necromancy, of course, like all that stuff was like validated when he went to like around other circles, and it's right then when he says, uh, uh,
0: I, th- I think you might have a point. Energy flows from our plane to the next. Flames that we conjure with our hands, they don't come from here. They come from the elemental planes. It's just energy passing through Necromancy is the same way. Our bodies, our life, our soul, degradation, entropy, they're all energy just passing from one plane to another. No door is inherently good or evil. It's what you do on either side that matters. Uh, I, I hadn't really
1: thought of it that way. Admittedly, I'd always just seen necromancy as um, uh, dark magic, and
0: I, I. You use it to stave off death? That's correct. I mean, folks could say evocation is a good school of magic, and then they'll use fire and ice and lightning to kill. Whereas I, I can use necromancy to to take someone and hold them and bind them to this plane until they can be helped by divine forces or, God's willing, a miracle. Uh,
1: <sighs> I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that... <laughs> It uh, does seem a bit and like he kind of like is a little more embarrassed at himself now. Uh, it does seem a bit ironic to uh regard evocation as, you know, one of the good schools and then melt people with a fireball. <laughs>
0: Don't get me wrong, both of <laughs> uh Take your word for it. <laughs> um There's we could talk about abjuration. It's a school designed to protect. But every school has its limits. So when abjuration fails... Well, sometimes it's time for necromancy. Oh. Uh,
1: um... I, I'm sure... And so... He thinks about... Um, in that moment, he like thinks about his wife and his daughter. And like the life he had and and he he thinks about who he was um when he first met his wife and who he was as a young man just like like forgetting himself as a a more respected person and an older man and he kind of his youth his his brashness of youth takes over and he kind of like is smiling and is excited about the idea of like being able to stave off death to be to be able to counter death like this whole thing whether that's alchemic or uh, could you could you teach me what you mean by staving off death using necromancy
0: i don't see why not Uh,
1: thank you
0: sure you um You have the look of you about you of someone who uh, spends a lot of time on the road. You have any plans? Uh,
1: No, I have just been, um, you know, wandering and uh, practicing my craft.
0: I've got a um, a modest abode just outside of Tearsport. If you care to, you can stay with me and I can I can show you a little bit of my neutral alchemical necromancy. That is very generous of you. I, I would love that. And you do. You are you are brought to a very humble abode, a a shack uh, within the wilderness, just outside of Tearsport, um, where you study and you learn and you not only learn, you know. A few new tricks, you kind of get your mind opened up as far as um, necromancy in the different schools and um, how tools can be used. Yeah. I agree. And I think that after, you know, a period of time passes, there's not much more for you to learn. um, And it's time for you to leave again.
1: And uh, I think um, it's a bittersweet thing, right? Like, he's an older man, and it's not like he saw this guy as a father, but, like, he learned so much from him, and, like, his outlook towards magic and and necromancy, like, changed while he spent his time with Raul. Um, So, like, leaving him was still, like, kind of hard. It's like leaving a good friend to move on to better yourself.
0: Right, and it's... It's not like a forever parting either. Very much like, right. so you next time the bottle the bottle goes black.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's still it is like he you know to spend that much time with somebody and to learn that much like you kind of bond yeah. with them like on a like a of a level that's like hard to like part from to go back to being alone and traveling on the road again.
0: Yeah. And um, I think that through your travels, you—I mean, you, you go up all up and down Tangia, and um, as as you're in the big Tang, as the kids call it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually like like now the kids have shortened it so much. It's just hey, we're heading up to T. Oh, okay, yeah. T- yeah it's, that, like, that it's like, like off, it's like a course off, and it's like oh Yeah, because uh, you're like, hey, who's going to the going to the Tang? And they're like, Oh, nobody says Tang anymore. Nobody says that anymore, um, old man. OK, uh, <laughs> you pass through Tangia proper and um, get wind of a job, uh, an alchemy job as you're as you're stopping, you get some more supplies um, that there's a, a fellow who's looking for um, truth serums, basically potions that'll make people tell the truth.
1: Which uh, Garrett normally uh, does via heavy doses of alcohol, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, he's, he's very interested in this um, and goes and applies.
0: And that's how you come to meet Ramel, um, who is the one offering this information. He's got like a pretty cozy uh, information-gathering network. Um, he introduces you to Barrett of course, or I'm sorry, Sky Song, as we are now referring yeah. to him as, cause it's so confusing. Uh, it you to Sky Song and, uh, you guys kind of work together pretty well. Um, he's, it, you, you, work taverns mostly. He's buttering folks up and he's playing music and he's kind of scoping things out. And once he's done that and he identifies folks that might have crucial information, that's when you swoop in and, Boy howdy, wouldn't you like to try one of my signature cocktails?
1: <laughs> of course. That's that's the plan. Um I always uh in that like um respectfully talk up the bar or whatever when I like like, no, hold on, let me let me go make you a drink. I I know a thing, and I talk to the barkeep and have them make the best version they can make. And then like on the way back, I spike the shit out of that drink with true serum.
0: <laughs> and that's, and that's the way that it goes for a while with you guys gathering information. Um, you become kind of like a trust agent for him out. Um, as, as he kind of is able to trust you with more and more as you show aptitude. Um, and one day he does come to you and sky song and he says, um, I've got a, a big job for you too.
1: Uh, I thought what we were doing was pretty grand and useful, but okay.
0: All right. Not saying that it isn't, but it's kind of a. just a larger scope. You see, um. I got some adventurers coming back from a fact finding mission, and they're gonna do a, uh, a prisoner transport. Oh. Well, to um, oh, um.
1: okay. And you want us to go? But that seems, um if yeah if you need us too, I suppose
0: well I need I need folks that I can trust and at this point I assume that so much of that truth speaking potion is soaked into your fucking body that there's no way you could lie to me so uh
1: yeah that's
0: um that's how that works boss <laughs> are you are you up for a trip to uh, the old homestead
1: um uh, if that's what you need, boss, um, I'm sure, I'm sure Barrett and I would be happy to um, oblige.
0: Fair enough. I Not can't speak for
1: Barrett and you know I don't need to. He'll speak for himself and some. Um, so,
0: and you, and me, and your mother, and your sister, and, the, and your The, fourth the twelve twice people in the tavern, yeah, the twelve people in the tavern, folks that have been dead for years and <laughs> years and years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know when they get here. Sounds like a plan, boss. And so goes the story of how Garrett found his way onto Fate's Compass. Hmm.
1: Such a fable life, only to ends up on Fate's Compass. You know, they say all good stories come to an end, some not soon enough. But oh, I can fix that. Oh no, no, yeah. No no, 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 listen, I put a lot of effort into this guy. <laughs> I, like, got you. I got you, I don't, dog, I don't need to make it. another one. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, be Say careful no now! Be careful with your words, they're dangerous. Words are dangerous. Oh, it's
0: fine, right,
1: it's fine. Right. Shh. Oh good
0: night. Some oh. roll uh-huh. saving throws. Oh you won't need those. Oh no! Okay, it's fine. Well, we're gross. going, we don't need saving throws. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about Garrett with us. We, uh, I appreciate the insight. I, I, I like him more now than I did yesterday.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, he's not uh, meant to be like a pronounced persona, I guess. Like, we're like, you have Barrett yeah. and like Delmore. He's like very more action y and then Harry's a little bit got- more subtle. Yeah he's, yeah, he's very much like the guy in the back, ideally. He's like older, wiser. He
0: goes down smooth. Yes, just like a does. signature cocktail. It's just like signature
1: cocktail, <laughs> that's right. So,
0: well, thanks, okay. thanks for doing well, this. These are always fun. I love these, the one-on-one shots. Thanks for coming up with them in campaign one. <laughs> I agree. Well, so, so I, I can think those collaborative so I steal them.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: okay, well, anything else you want to say to the people before we go? Uh,
1: I hope I don't have to do this again. Because <laughs> that means he
0: dies. I, <laughs> I don't want that. I'll tell I'll tell you what. I'm I'm gonna come up with like some sort of booby prize, like some sort of consolation treat for whoever has the most characters in campaign two. Well, hold on! Don't tempt
1: me with a good time because you know I love alts. Like, hold on!
0: I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, but like, so, a little something extra for the guy who's going to do fucking five of these or however many? Well, all right. Hopefully, I guess. hopefully these 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 <laughs> are the last ones. Agreed. Hopefully these these are the last times we have to do this, but. You know, uh, things can happen when you're out there adventuring, and we, we can't always control it, and we got to play true to our characters, but there's one thing that we can never forget. And that's that death is never the end.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Especially with a little necromantic, necromantic go-go juice. And De- death
1: is just the beginning, dear. <laughs>
0: Well, very good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, get to know Garrett more as he interacts. Bye. Bye.